This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Dr. Carl Bamlett, The Modern Caveman, a show that helps you to reshape your modern life using wisdom from the past. Welcome to the podcast where this week Cuz is back. Cuz, good to see you again. Great to be back, Caveman. Good to have you back. Thank you. It feels like it's a full a full house with you in the, in, the, uh, in the show. It's good to be here, man. And joining us is Vina Samani. Vina, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure. I uh, am relatively new to, to New Zealand, been here about nine months, yeah. and um, I am a lifestyle medicine physician trained uh, in traditional allopathic medicine and working in more of an urgent care setting here in Christchurch. Hmm. Great to hear. Um, tell us a little bit about um, kind of your background story and what got you interested into the lifestyle medicine and kind of just how you got to where you are. Absolutely. So, you know, I was um, first generation born in the United States. My parents came over from India and um, they were both physicians and kind of grew up around a lot of medicine. So it was an obvious path for me to to want to follow suit. Um, Of course, healthcare was going through a lot of changes at that Mm -hmm. time in the States. And they sort of discouraged me from going into that path with uh, a lot of the insurance changes that were happening. But um, I loved it, and I loved um, being around people and working in their office, and you know, sort of knew early on that that was what I was meant to do. Um, you know, fast forward many many years later, and did go into conventional medicine, which was, you know, kind of kind of the option back then, and uh, trained in uh, in allopathic medicine at Penn State in Hershey. Oh. Uh, NCAA wrestling championships just happened, and they kicked everybody's butt. So, I'm, yeah, they're very <laughs> not that anyone else cares about that. So, I've, I've looked a little bit through your website, and you have a bit of a interesting history. You've ran a couple marathons, and tell us about the the timing was kind of interesting when you started doing that, and um, how those went. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I kind of. Um, I didn't grow up sort of, I I played tennis and piano, sort of stereotypical Indian uh, sports and music uh, choices at at that time. But I didn't get into some of the more, um, you know, running and long distance stuff until we moved to Asheville, North Carolina, which was later in my adult life. And also after marrying my husband, who had been doing all of these things sort of in in more teenage years and, and up. So for me, that was more of a, um, it was actually a way to meet people. I joined the Monday Night Run Club just kind of as a way to meet people as a social, um, you know, outlet and then just kind of got into it and then got, you know, really into it. And my husband and I started going to track nights and got a little bit more competitive with it and, um, and you know, we're both competitive people kind of in general and yeah. <laughs> sort of type A personalities who go to, to go to med school. Anyway, he's also a physician. Um, we met in medical school. So... It, it was a, just a, a great community, and um, you know where we, we lived in the states. It was um, very um, close, close knit. So not only socially, but it filled that sort of um, endorphin vibe as well. So got really into that scene, and then wanted to push the distance and push the speed. And we joined a racing team um, called Just Running back home, and um, 
yeah, of course, you know, who doesn't want to do the Boston Marathon when you're a runner? So that was um, that was sort of on the bucket list, even though I had preferred the trails, but it's Boston, right? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of got into that, and that was part of sort of this whole, you know, at that time, lifestyle medicine was much more a piece of what I was interested in um, discussing with patients, mm. um, you know, kind of circling back to conventional medicine, I wasn't finding that it was moving the needle much mm. with, um, you know, sort of the typical recommendations of what we would, um, you know, what we were sort of taught in medical school to discuss with patients. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to live the life to be able to, to speak the life. And um, so we were living the life. And did you feel that that made a big difference once you started to live the life and made it so it was possible to do that to the fullest extent? Was that the biggest factor in it? I think so. I mean, I think um, in, in lifestyle medicine, I think, you know, it's actually been researched that doctors that are, um, you know, vegetarian are more likely to get, uh, you know, patients to eat more plants or doctors, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. So if they're active, they're more likely to get, you know, patients to um, seek more activity. So I think that was, um, you know, I think it definitely helps for sure. Mm. Um you know, of course, back in the day, you know, everyone used to smoke and you see even doctors kind of, you know, you know, and so I don't think uh, that would set as as good of an example. That's a very good point. And um, I know one of the other things that you're interested in from looking at things is adventure vacation. Tell us a little bit about about that side of you and how that relaxation and adventure at the same time both play a part into, into your lifestyle. I love being outside, um, and I'm not very good at sitting still. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I love having a partner that has some of the same, you know, wants as far as when we have downtime together. And it's always been very important for us, even as physicians, to not, you know, to, to, to be able to keep that balance and to be able to um, have enough downtime to be able to, to play in the ways that we wanted to. So, you know, neither of us have ever worked 40 hours a week. Um, you know, most typical physicians will work 50, 60 hours a week, mm -hmm. um, sort of standard. So we'll often be off on Tuesday, Wednesday mornings and sort of have the trails to ourselves. And, and we love that. And in, um, in Asheville, you know, it was, it was very much kind of that mindset of, of folks that we were surrounded by um, sort of a destination lifestyle, which I feel like is, is kind of true here as well in New Zealand. So, Fina, how do you keep that balance in life with the, the working and the responsibilities and the exercise and the adventure? How do you just keep a good balance? What are you, some of the tips that you have for that? I am a big planner. I'm okay. born in January, Capricorn. Um, and my husband, we actually had the same the same due date, but he was born late and I was born early. And we he's very much an Aquarius. I'm very much Capricorn. So we kind of fit each other well. Um, and I think the Gmail calendar, color-coded, really helps, too. So <laughs> just keep pretty organized um, with that. And, you know, I, I, Sunday night, I sort of sit and look at my week and figure out kind of just, just some blocks of time where, where workouts would, you know, or, or date days. We're pretty good at trying to do a regular date day when the kids are in school once a week um, or so, which has sort of saved saved off, you know, calls it we call it marriage therapy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, you know, I think, again, you know, the fact that we've we've just balanced kind of how many hours we, we want to work. Like, we could always work more, but it's sort of how much do we need to work to live the life that we want to. And, yeah. and you know, it's sort of working just enough to, to play. 
Um, so, you know, I was only working about 20, 25 hours a week, which, which really allowed some flexibility. And sometimes we would stagger that time. So the time off would be together. And, you know, it's a lot of creative commuting when we would uh, take the kids. We have three kids um, that are relatively young as well. And um, we've kind of been doing this sort of adventure lifestyle or, you know, active family lifestyle since since they were born. And, you know, one of us would drive somewhere with them and then we'd hike together. And then one of us, you know, the other one would drive back and one would run or, you know, just kind of getting creative with it. And I think you, you kind of have to do that and just set reasonable expectations with how, how old the kids are and stuff. So, you know, a lot of friends would ask, how, how are you still getting outside and you have kids and how are you guys doing this? And I'm like, you just have to have different expectations you got to bring lots of food you got to just you know not have a set agenda on the workout and just be happy with with getting outside and you know it was it was harder to follow like a strict marathon plan but it still ended up fine and in fact i think the under training helped uh you know reduce injury so yeah. vena you mentioned about having um a, a discipline around planning and so on um before the planning takes takes place did you have a vision for what it is you wanted to create for your lifestyle, for the life balance? Did it start with having a vision around, hey, what was your ideal week or month or year or anything like that? And what were the important things that you needed to plan into that week? You know, like your exercise, like your family time, like your marriage time and that sort of thing. So, And then they were colour-coded so that you were intentional about everything that was important to you having some space. Is that sort of how it, how it comes about? Absolutely. So, you know, in my mind, there's definitely big picture things, right? There's um, you know, time, time off, family time, time with the husband. You know, it gets it gets a little trickier when you have several kids and you want to have one on one time with each kid, and you know, then then it gets a little bit difficult. But um, yeah, and you know, I prioritize sleep, and so sometimes you know, it's it's going to bed early to get that sort of miracle morning hour in the morning. So when I'm on my best streak, I'm having that morning time mm. before I need to get the kids up. And that's where, like, the magic happens. That's where brainstorming happens. That's where some, some work can get done. And that's where I kind of set the tone for the rest of my day. Yeah. Um, so there's a so there's a kind of a rough plan on Sunday for the week ahead. And then there's little tweaks that are made. But, you know, I find that if I, if I don't have that blocked off, Later in the week, like, you know, ride with a friend or, or, you know, run with whatever or, you know, after school date with one of my kids, then it just it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Hey, yeah. Everything else. You kinda, can't leave it to chance and no one has spare time. You've got to right. give it the, the time. It gets filled yeah. up with other stuff scrolling on your yeah. phone or, you know, things yeah. that seem sort of less important. Yeah. Nice. With this philosophy that you have and you bring to your to your practicing um, and you have patients that may not have the exact same planning and things and when you're trying to c convince them to turn over a new leaf and go a slightly different direction um, what are some of the challenges that you face there and what are some of the tools that help you best to get that point across absolutely so this is one thing that when I sort of decided that I was going to go for the board certification in lifestyle medicine um, you know we, we learned that Physicians, because many different walks of life can go into the lifestyle medicine mm -hmm. path. So it can be nurse practitioners. It could even be it could be dietitians. Um, so there were different sort of specialties coming into the same arena, and we were trained sort of in different ways. Mm -hmm. And in conventional medicine, doctors are trained to tell patients what to do. Mm -hmm. And I found that in lifestyle medicine, it was more 
motivational interviewing. So we did lots of training and motivational interviewing. And, you know, you can tell a patient, do this and this and this. We need to get your you know, diabetes under control. In three months, we'll recheck it. And then they go home and they don't have the tools to, to actually do it, right? So they come back and the numbers are still the same and everybody's frustrated. The doctor's frustrated. The patient's frustrated. You know, the, the numbers could be worse and you're not really moving the needle. Um, but if we start at the first visit, really taking time to ask more questions and mm -hmm. keep things a little bit more open-ended. So a lot of the training was in motivational interviewing. You can get the why of a patient and you really get to know them. And most patients have not been asked asked that or not been sort of interviewed in that way by their provider. And they're kind of, you know, in my experience, kind of surprised a little bit. Like, oh, my gosh, I've never been asked these questions or not been, you know, asked in this way. And it makes them kind of think, think, you know, what what is my why? What do I want to do? What's my end goal? And then they can see the little, the daily actions mm -hmm. in a different perspective. So a lot of it is just figuring out, you know, where do they want to be and how can we get there and then breaking it down into smart goals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, specific, um, measurable, actionable, you know, and very, very specific. So, you know, I will, I want to lose you know, weight so I can be active for, you know, being with my grandkids until older age. And to do that, I'm going to start by walking 20 minutes every morning hmm. on, you know, or, or Tuesday and Thursday, you know, just something specific to make it actionable. Very good. Yeah, what I like, what you shared is that um, before getting into the goals, you actually started with the why, because um, if we know why we're doing the goal, that this is the outcome, this is the purpose to it, then we're more inclined to actually do it, you know, rather than just doing it because you were told to, you know. Um, and just a little add-on to your, to your SMART goal criteria, um, being involved in business coaching, that's a, a framework that gets shared a lot. Um, but I actually... Um, discourage smart goals now not <laughs> because they're no good but I just think they could be better if you put an I in front of the smart and the I stands for inspiring mm. and, um, and if we can make the goal specific and all, all the rest of the other criteria but make sure that it's inspiring and usually what makes it inspiring is it's because it's connected to the why right. then people will more likely um, continue to go through with what it takes you know, to, to achieve it Absolutely. Otherwise, it becomes a have-to-do goal. You know, I have to do this, and it's um, it's not necessarily driven because I I have a desire to do that. Yeah. Right. And we always ask, you know, how likely do you think it is that you're going to reach this smart goal in this amount of time? Yes. And and I actually, you know, in in my um, sort of entrepreneurial side too, I did some of these with in the business aspect too, mm. and yeah, some of these like the marketing, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm not very likely to, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you have to make something that's realistic for yeah. you. And I've found that when their patients are making these small steps and getting some over wins, time, eh? yeah. it seems like nothing, right? But then in six months' time, compounded, it's massive. It's yeah. massive, and then they look back and they say, I never thought I could do that, mm. you know. And that's when when these testimonials start coming. That's what really fuels. Mm. Um, the work, you know, yeah. that, that I do. And you know, I realized that just through some basic sort of lifestyle medicine tenets, which we can, we can, you know, go over, but it's very simplistic. And it seems almost common sense, things that, you know, we've kind of been doing for, for years and years and years, but it moves the needle yeah. the most um, versus some of the more conventional practices. Excellent. So when you come across the people who are 
resistant to maybe changing part of the diet where they want to increase their fruits and vegetables or something that's like key. What are some of the tools that you have or a way to kind of get that started in the early stages to really have those health benefits that they have? So I usually pick one thing mm-hmm. um, or two things, you know, depending on how motivated um, they are, but sort of and whatever they're most passionate about. Mm-hmm. So it's it's completely individualized. And, you know, if it's somebody that doesn't eat any plants, for example, um, we get lots of people, you know, that, that eat very few plants, then we just start by, you know, looking at um, maybe their weekly meal plan, or if they don't have a meal plan, just kind of looking at the last few days, having them keep a food diary and looking at that. And how can we tweak one of their meals by adding some more plants in it? Yeah. Right. So um, not completely, re, you know, rehauling everything because then it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. But, um, you know, say they eat a lot of pasta or they, you know, um, carb heavy dishes. OK, how can we add something to this or can you try this on the side or can we, you know, um, maybe we can add a vegetarian night on, on one day a week or something like that. And, and really providing some tools and recipes and um, support, because I think early when it's such a when such a, you know, f- so far from what they're already doing um it can be discouraging when you just don't know where to start very good don't don't jump them too far ahead otherwise they're going to fall off the totally fall off the boat <laughs> yeah and also not having guilt around if mm. they, they don't meet that goal right away right because as soon as we i'm not a big um you know fan of, of counting calories and, mm-hmm. and restrictive type diets because i feel like it's very easy to to falter mm-hmm. um you know being that specific and then there's, there's a lot of guilt around it, and then, you know, that's that kind of backfires. Downward spiral. Tell us a few success stories around some of your different works you've done. Um, uh, some um, Someone who's made a big change and started to get more energy or accomplish some of their goals that they've had. Absolutely. So um, some of the most success uh, successful stories I've had have been patients that really have finally, you know, They've had a turn in their life where they become more motivated to make to make change, and sometimes it's you know a heart event or or some or a family member that's you know been diagnosed with cancer, and they're kind of relooking at everything. Um, I had a, a friend actually that was in her thirties uh, who's diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Um, so kind of surprise surprising things um, sometimes stress-related, um, but it's sort of a wake-up call, and we're, you know, definitely motivated to make some more lifestyle change. And once they really get on board with that, so again, it comes down to the why, like some some big pivotal thing happens, and then they said, okay, I'm ready, to, I'm all in, I, I'm going to do, you know, what it takes, how can we get there? And, and then taking sort of this, like, let's take six months, and let's look at things, and let's start real s- slow. And, you know, add in more whole food plants. Let's, you know, look at what sleep is doing. We kind of just go through the whole lifestyle medicine, just sort of like a, a wheel, and just look at, okay, where can we make the most change and where should we start? And then six months later, you know, again, weight loss mm-hmm. happens, even if they're not really trying, even if that wasn't the, you know, I need to be this many, this many kilograms, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we need to take a new picture for their for their chart because they feel better. Their you know their face looks different. They have more energy. You know people feel like they've, they've anti aged mm-hmm. um, and tapping into energy that they didn't know that they had. Um, you know that 
that's what fuels, I think, any provider, right? That's why Absolutely. we go into medicine. That's um, something that, unfortunately, is not always the most common thing that, you know, at least, um, you know, in conventional medicine, I was really seeing with so many pharmaceuticals and, yeah. you know, the, the way that it's, it's mostly practiced. On your side, I see there's a few different kind of programs that you go with, um, kind of a short-term focus versus a more long-term focus. Can you tell us about those two programs so people out there can kind of get an idea of the offerings and what might suit them? Sure, absolutely. So part of my work um, with Lifestyle Medicine, I am, I do work with a wellness organization and um, we focus on adding more whole food nutrition into um, families' lives. It's mm -hmm. actually very family-oriented because we know this is not just, a, a you know, an issue with adults. Um, or with elderly, but it's also from the pediatric, um, you know, age group, especially um, where, you know, there's a lot of marketing towards, you know, more of the processed foods, especially over the last few decades. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I work with this company. We do a lot of um, education and it sort of supplements some of the other um, lifestyle medicine tactics that and tools that I um, use with, with clients and patients. So we do offer um, like a 10-day jumpstart for health every month. Mm -hmm. starts on the first day of every month and, you know, you can do anything for 10 days kind of thing. Yep. It used to be called the, the Shred 10, but now we're calling it the Clean 10 because it's uh, we don't want it to... to you know, sound like you're shred 10 pounds quick or anything like that. Because not the goal of weight loss is not necessarily, you know, a, a blanket goal for folks, but it's really adding in 10 healthy habits. So it's a combination of, um, it's a detox, a detoxification, and eliminating inflammatory foods and um, lifestyle factors, and then flooding our body with um, phytonutrients at the same time. So we focus on, on sleep and um, 10 mindful minutes a day, a little bit of an intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. So not eating uh, two to three hours before bed and you know trying to, trying to sleep as much with a circadian rhythm as, as possible. So sort of between the hours of 10 and six, of course, you know, night shift workers. And, and my, my, when I first started doing these programs, my husband was still working overnights in the emergency room, so he would do it with me, but he was on a little bit of a different schedule, um, eliminating caffeine and alcohol and really processed foods and, and sugars, um, and then adding in the whole food um, capsules, which um, is a, a product through the, through the company, plant-based, vegan, non-GMO, and really um, robust with phytonutrients, so over 30 different phytonutrients that have been um, dehydrated down at very low temperature into capsule, capsule form. So we're also flooding our body with these um, phytonutrients, and you know, there's gummies for the kids as well, and detoxification shakes. And so between all of that, just even over 10 days, I would see people, you know, the first few days could be kind of rough, mm -hmm. you know, as they kind of go through that detoxification. Um, but if we can get over the hump, day three, four, um, many would feel so good that by 10, nobody wanted to go back to, to where they were. Mm. You know, and it's every month, so we have many that keep doing it month after month. So with 20 days in between, you know, you can't fall off the wagon too far. <laughs> So, um, yes. So, so for the first of the month, every month on the first day, 
way we go for the 10-day um, reset sort of. Sort yeah, of, it's, sort of a, you know, okay. it's like the first Monday of the <clears> month and um, we had a private um, Facebook account, accountability group. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're not on Facebook, you know, you do individual support and, um, yeah, recipes and guidance and sort of, you know, we cheer, cheer each other on. It's a very positive community. So, you know, most, most people, you know, even if they've done it before, you always can have a different focus each yep. time and it's 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 always beneficial i still do it regularly and so uh that'll be starting off soon um knowing as we're coming into a change of, of a month and then after that can you participate in a different program that you have as well so we have um sort of you know for for clients that want to we have the 10 day and they can repeat it again and again there's also a longer one if there are more sort of bigger health goals in mm-hmm. mind um for a longer kind of more four-month program and okay. um yeah so that that adds some some more attention and some more um you know we talk about tongue tongue cleaning and use different sort of mm-hmm. detoxification um through through other ways as well okay so is the uh on your website does it show what the what the fees are what the commitment is those sorts of things well how does so how, how, how does someone access it and then um Participate, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, we might have some people listening and say, "Hey, mm. look, I want to jump on board this." Totally, and, um, totally. So, yeah. I usually do a consultation if somebody's okay. interested. I would do like a complimentary consultation and and chat with someone. So, I do I do welcome people yes. to to reach out to me um, for the ten day program. It's there's there's no additional cost besides the cost of the product actually. Right. Okay. So, yep. Um, and you know, it's it's I think very reasonable. Um, so that's what the the phyto um, nutrients and things that. You you have as part of the part of that um, detoxification, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, and you can sponsor a child to take it for free. So it's kind of wow. you know, it's something okay. that the family could do together, or you know, I always advise having kind of an accountability yes. buddy to yes. do it with, so a friend or a, a partner to do it with, because you know, in the house, yes, it's just it's nice to have everybody on board. You're on the same page. Yeah, cool, excellent. So you offer a consult, um, and then there's those different ways that people can um, participate. So that's really cool. Really yeah. good. Yeah. you see that it's just raining There ain't no need to go outside But baby, you hardly even notice When I try to show you Song is meant to keep you Doing what you're supposed to Waking up too early Maybe we could sleep Make you banana pancakes Pretend like it's the weekend now Pretend it all the time yeah. Can't you see that it's just raining There ain't no need to go outside But just maybe like a ukulele Mama made a baby Really don't mind the practice Cause you're my little lady Lady, lady, love me Cause I love to lay you lazy We could close the curtains Pretend like there's no world outside Then we could pretend it all the time, Lord And can't you see that it's just raining There ain't no need to go outside Ain't no need, ain't no need Can't you see, can't you see 
rain all day and I don't mind But the telephone singing, ringing, it's too early, don't pick it up We don't need to, we got everything we need right here And everything we need is enough Just so easy when the whole world fits inside of your arms Attention to the alarm. Wake up slow. Mm-mm. Wake up slow. But baby, you hardly even notice when I try to show you this song is meant to keep you from doing what you're supposed to. Waking up too early, maybe we could sleep. Make you banana pancakes, pretend like it's the weekend now. Pretend it all the time yeah. And can't you see that it's just raining There ain't no need to go outside Ain't no need, ain't no need Rain all day and I really, really, really don't mind Can't you see, can't you see Uh, just a couple of questions um, and maybe a little tip that you might be able to share with us. You mentioned about um, some things that, that aren't good for us, which are the foods that are inflammatory and, and the likes of that. Could you give us an example of what that might, may look like or what they may be? Yeah, mostly. I mean, I, I don't ever recommend a very specific um, diet to everyone because there's no blanket diet that's going to be um, you know right for everybody. Everybody is, is it's different. different, so it's very individualized. Um, but removing processed foods, right, things with more than five ingredients, things that come in a box or a wrapper, generally are going to be more inflammatory. If there's things, you know, on there that we don't recognize, those are going to be more inflammatory. You know, Michael Pollan mm-hmm. has, has written books um, about this as well. And, you know, if it's something your grandmother didn't recognize as food, it's probably not meant to be, you know, ingested. So I think if we just even stripped, stripped that down and just eat more whole food plant-rich diets, um, you know, that alone is can make a huge difference. Also, I would say sleep is mm-hmm. a is a big one. And of course that's a whole that's a whole other podcast in mm-hmm. and of itself. But um, you know, I think so many so many of our stimuli around sleep can be can make it difficult to, to yeah, get so maybe some, so some of those foods, processed foods, or what have you, could actually be impacting the the sleep side of things. Oh, absolutely. Which is, yeah, which is the whole spiral of you get into yeah. a you know a sort of a caffeine alcohol mm. um, routine or yeah just just eating too late yep. things like that. So you know kind of just working on timing also and um, and quality. Um, and it's it's not then so much about quantity, actually. Yeah. Awesome. So, Vidi, you, you mentioned that there's um, quite a few different phytonutrients in the capsule. Do, if you want to tell us a little bit about kind of what they are, what the benefits are going to be, or where they come from, that would be a, a real real good benefit for the listeners. Absolutely. So, you know, this particular product is, is uh, manufactured in the States by select farmers mm-hmm. and through a rainbow of different fruits and vegetables. Okay. So, you know, apples, you know, all the reds and oranges, bell peppers, from cherries, um, and then, you know, getting to the, the greens and 
um, the darker the darker fruits and vegetables that mm. um, eggplant you know, things that we don't really get um, on a regular basis. So you know the elderberries, artichoke extract, things like that. Um, so. Yeah, it's a much more diverse rainbow than you would typically get every day, right? Most of us get maybe five to seven a day and usually the same five to seven, yeah. you know, so not a wide variety in the rotation. And it's very difficult to get high quality um, produce, you know, usually it comes from it's from somewhere far away. And by the time you get it at the grocery store, it's it's been sitting there for a little while. So um, it's pretty expensive sometimes, mm. especially, you know, when you're on a little island in the, in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, it can get expensive when it's, it's um, you know, transported or imported in. So, um, so, yeah, there's lots of different phytonutrients, and our body knows what to do with these. Mm. Um, and so it's 100% bioavailable. Um, I love that there's there's not a warning label on these, right? It's like eating a, a giant salad every day, a sort of a nutrition seatbelt. Kids can eat the same thing as adults, elderly, pregnant women, breastfeeding women. So it's really, you know, I just I love that it's just food, hmm. um, and uh, and can be added, you know, in addition to, of course, a healthy diet, right? It's not in place of hmm. a healthy diet, um, but it actually over time changes. And I've noticed this even with my kids when we first started. Um, taking them is that it actually changes their palates to crave more vegetables and to have decreased cravings for sugars and, and you know, more processed foods. Uh, on the last podcast, we actually had a talk with a, a children's food specialist who talked about the, some of the children's getting over breast milk and formula milk, which is quite sweet, to vegetables. Part of it is that bitter um, transfer. So this might be one of those things that can get them more adapted to that bitter flavor and more accepting. Absolutely. They even open the capsules and put some sprinkles on, you know, mom's um, finger when they're even even as newborns. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just a little bit just to kind of wet the palate for some of those um, for those tastes. Excellent. Awesome. I just um, remember that when we were introducing you, you you've only been in New Zealand nine months. What do you like the most about this country so far? So. We've mostly been exploring this, the South Island so far, and have have loved have loved it. Um, I do feel like uh, this area is quite active, um, which I, I love. Um, I go to work, and people are telling me which trails to hit and which adventures to do, and so I love that it's not focused on the work. Like we all do the work, we're you know um, we're all seeing patients, but it just it seems like there's a much um, there's more emphasis spent on what you're doing outside of work and interest in that and everyone wants to loan us backpacks or, or whatever <laughs> gear we need for the weekend so um, it's it's a neat community that you know again I think maybe partly sort of destination you know some people have, have come here for that but um, yeah it's I don't see as many people that have sedentary lives um, and you know as many sort of metabolically unhealthy folks as as I did back in the States. Wow. Okay. Great to hear. Well, welcome. And it's great to have you along on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The heart is a blue up through the stony ground There's no room No space to rent in this town Yeah, 
For this week's health tip, we've invited Rebecca from Nourish to come and give you her health tip. Thank you very much for having me back. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about two strategies that I think every family should implement because I think they're really effective strategies. The first one is 
based off a lady in America called Ellen Satter, and she's created what's called the Division of Responsibility. And essentially what this responsibility says is the caregivers, the parent, and the child both have a responsibility at mealtimes. And when we can stick to our responsibilities, mealtimes go well. Hmm. When we cross over, that's when we might have some challenges. So the responsibilities say that the caregiver's role is to decide what's on offer for the meal, where the meal's going to be had, and when it's going to be had. So that's all that the caregiver's job is, Mm -hmm. which doesn't seem like much, (laughs) but that's all their job is. Sounds like a good structure, though. Yes, (laughs) yes. You don't have too many things to think about, just a couple of points. Where it gets a little bit tricky is the child's job. So the child's job is is to decide what they have from what's on offer, if they eat, and how much they eat. So they have quite a big responsibility, and it can be easy sometimes for us, and we're all very, very guilty of it, to kind of intervene and step in for the child's role, to say, one more bite, maybe just eat a little bit more, eat a little bit more. Unfortunately, when we do that, we are kind of disrupting the child's natural hunger cues, because they've, they've told us, this is all I want today. You know, it might not seem like much to us, but this is all I want. And we're saying, a little bit more, a few more bites, and we're kind of... Yeah. Pushing it along. Mm. Well, we don't need to be. Yes, yes, but it's very, very easy to do. So as much as we can, try and stick to those responsibilities. Now, an easy way of doing that is how we can set up the meal itself. So it's what we call family-style serving or buffet-style, if you like. Mm-hmm. It's essentially having all the food that's on offer, because that's your job as the, as the parent, is to decide what's on offer. So you set it up in the middle of the table ideally in a deconstructed form but just in the middle of the table and that way everyone can then choose what goes onto their plate so no one's saying this is how much you should eat by putting a plate of food in front of them they're saying this is the food for the meal that goes on my plate does that if there's distractions at the table like they have their their toy or their doll or their whatever that they bring around with them is that play a role into that should that be taken away so they can focus on eating them in a perfect world it should be no devices and no toys but i can appreciate that sometimes we might need a little bit of help coming to the table Mm. or, or engaging so in a perfect world no and it's just talking with your family but Sometimes there can be a little bit of flexibility. Does it go the other way where they just won't stop eating? (laughs) (laughs) And they take more than their share for everyone else? (laughs) Yes, yes, it does. And sometimes when we um, switch to the style of of eating, that's what we see, is children go, you mean I get to choose what goes on my plate? And a lot goes on. But over time, it kind of balances out once they realise, oh, there's always going to be this amount of food and and so on. But sometimes that's what they want. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you. You can find our podcast on Facebook at Dr. Carl Bamlet, The Modern Caveman, on the Plains FM website and iTunes, and you can get the live stream from plainsfm.org.nz or the TuneIn app. On behalf of Carl Warty, I'm Dr. Carl Bamlett, chiropractor at the Alpha Omega Clinic, reminding you that you can't change from within on the outside looking in. Thank you for listening to Dr. Carl Bamlett, The Modern Caveman. For more healthy lifestyle tips, find Dr. Carl on drcarlbamlett.com and like him on Facebook. I'm Pascal Batrick, signing off for Dr. Carl Bamlett, The Modern Caveman. Thank you.